0: Young, black, and widowed. And no, we're not talking about the usual classification of young widows. We're talking about millennials and Gen Z. That's right, 20-somethings and 30-somethings, like myself, who lost their spouse just as life seemed to be beginning. I'm your host, Azure Johnson-Redman, executive director of the new nonprofit Young, Black, and Widowed Incorporated. Today, I'm speaking with Felicia lashley Varet, and she's gonna be telling us what to do immediately after a loved one passes away, as well as what services she provides as a funeral director.
1: Hi, I'm Felicia lashley Varet, and I'm a licensed funeral director here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, with Advantage Funeral and Cremation Services, Franklin Strickland Chapel.
0: It's so good to meet you. So, Felicia, let's start from the beginning. What is the first thing to do when a loved one passes away?
1: Well, the first thing to do, um, if the individual is at a hospital, the first thing to do would be to let the hospital know which funeral home you'd like to choose, you'd like to use, and the hospital in turn will call the funeral home, um, let us know, we would head that way to do the removal, Once we have your loved one in our care, then we give you a call to go ahead and set up the arrangement conference.
0: Okay. And what are some things to remember to bring when setting up the arrangement conference? Uh, Let's see. I know I should bring uh, the deceased uh, social security number.
1: Yes. That's needed for the death certificate. And of course if there are any policies, insurance policies, but it's mainly needed for demographical purposes on the death certificate.
0: And then we have the place and date of birth.
1: Yes, we need that. That's also for the death certificate.
0: And then it's important if the person was a veteran to bring discharge papers DD-214. Yes.
1: It is important, if the person was a veteran, um, make sure and bring their DD-214 dis- honorable discharge papers. That's definitely needed if you would like your, your loved one to be buried in National Cemetery and have military honors.
0: And then you need to bring a payment like a credit card, cash check, or an insur- insurance assignment as well. You need to know the person's father's name, mother's maiden name, their education and works to history their church or synagogue affiliation, if applicable. Um, You need to know about other organizationships, organizations, or memberships. Mm
1: -hmm. That's very important uh, when it comes to the obituary, because you want to honor that person's life. So you basically would say um, any organizations they belong to. Um, memberships, and that it all comes in handy for the obituary to get to know that person, you know, to to make sure that they are honored.
0: And then also their special achievements, too, will go in there, too. Yes. And then we need the names of surviving relatives and cities where they live, and that includes the parents, the spouse, siblings, children, grandchildren, grandparents, etc., and that also, I guess, again helps with the obituary. Yes,
1: that definitely helps with the obituary.
0: Place of burial, if applicable, because some people don't bury.
1: Yes, some some people opt for cremation.
0: Uh, clothing, including undergarments. Yes. Eyeglasses and jewelry. Yes. A list of six to eight pallbearers, if applicable, and a recent photograph music for the service, dinner for after the service, and a clergy honorarium. So what's an honorarium?
1: An honorarium is something that you would offer, give to the officiating minister, pastor, even priest, um, to just show your, your thanks, your gratitude. And the family usually does that. Um, it can range whatever you choose to give. It's, gotcha. not, it's not a set amount.
0: Okay, and what makes your um, your funeral home a little bit different from other funeral homes?
1: Well, we offer uh, a lot of services, but our main point is we're a multicultural funeral home. Um, we serve everyone in our community.
0: And you do different services
1: too, we do, right? We do Jewish services, Greek services. Catholic services um, whatever your religion denomination we can accommodate that
0: And you work with many groups in the community black white hispanic oh, yes. just oh, yes. everyone We
1: are definitely multicultural Actually we are we're the only multicultural we're the only one labeled as multicultural here in Chattanooga, Tennessee
0: oh, that's so wonderful. I'm so glad that I could be a part of your team. Uh Thank so you. Tell me a little bit about this helpline that you all have.
1: Well, we offer what's called the Compassion Helpline. It is available for 13 months after the service to family members and also to those who attended the service um, because they could be distant relatives or close friends who are also grieving and suffering, like just like the close family members. <clears throat> um, it is offered by Charles Meacham and Associates. All the psychiatrists and psychologists have a master's degree or above, and it's the same company that handles all major U.S. disasters, you know, like 9-11 and so on. Um, And it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can call, and you will get your counseling, your therapy, and once again, it's available for 13 months after the service.
0: I think that was such an amazing service, and I definitely wish I had that uh, when my husband passed away, it would have been such a wonderful asset. Uh, that helpline is something to really, really, it's really, really an advantage. So let's talk about how, what the different options are when it comes to different types of services. You have your memorial service, you have your um you have your cremation, you Mm -hmm. have typical burial, you have rent something about a rental something. Tell me about from the maybe easiest to hardest, what is it, what is, what, what are the options?
1: Okay, I will start with cremation. Um, You can have what's called a direct cremation um, where we just do the cremation and nothing else. Then we have a cremation with a memorial service, meaning the the ashes, the cremated remains, can be present or not present, and it's just a memorial service once again honoring that individual.
0: And that's Um, actually I had that um, for my husband. Uh, I had two services, mm -hmm. so one was a memorial services with the ashes there, Mm -hmm. and then one was a burial of the ashes, Mm -hmm. which I actually didn't know was an option. So keep keep going.
1: Yes, it it definitely is an option. Um, You can bury the urn, which does what the cremated remains come back in. Um, You can bury the urn or you can put it in a niche at the cemetery, um, which is a glass um, above ground display. Um, Or it can be without a glass. It all depends on what cemetery you use. Um, You can also do a cremation and viewing of the body prior to cremation. That includes um, a rental casket Mm -hmm. um, with a new insert. We change the insert each time Um, we use it. And you can actually have the person there at a regular, normal funeral service. Mm -hmm. And then once the service is over with, then we go ahead and we proceed with the cremation.
0: Oh, okay. That's wonderful, actually. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then you have your typical
1: traditional burial, um, where, of course, the body is present, and you have your services, your funeral services, and then afterwards, of course, you head to the cemetery.
0: Okay, well, before we get to the cemetery, can you walk us through what a typical ceremony would be like? Just where? what do you start with? what generally happens in the middle, towards the end, stuff like that. I think basically they start with the viewing,
1: right? Yes. Um, we walk the family in uh, with the officiating minister, and the, the family gets their last, what's called the last viewing, where they look at their individual, and once they're done and they're seated, then we close the casket, and then the service starts. And it usually consists of prayers, a few songs, um, scriptures, um, uh, an area to read the obituary out loud to the congregation. Um, and then people can also get up and um, speak on that individual's behalf to say how they knew them and just kind of fond memories.
0: That's so beautiful, and you help them with that every step of the way. Oh, yes,
1: that's the job of a funeral director. And you help,
0: Yeah, and you make sure, so you're not alone, like you help with the flowers, you oh, help yes. with the music, well, you help get the we, music. We plan okay. all that.
1: We are, we're we're the behind-the-scenes planners. Um, mm-hmm. Just like you would plan a wedding or, you know, anything of that magnitude, We it, the same work, maybe more, goes into planning a funeral because... With a wedding, because sometimes you have a year, months, right. couple of years. But with a funeral service, we have a very you know short window. It can be two days, it can be five days, but we have to get everything organized and set up within those within that time frame.
0: Okay, okay. I remember that I sang at my husband's funeral, but then after that, I never actually sang again. So that oh. should. That that just jogged my memory. I'm like, I should get back into singing again. Just random fun facts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's so nice to have that funeral director to be there to just remind you, and you help with the obituary too. Oh, yes.
1: Um, I always ask my family members just bring me the basics, the names, you know, where they're from, the statistics, stuff like that. And I just put the obituary together for them. Um, it's it's very it, honestly to me say this it's a very rewarding career. Mm-hmm. it is it gives me you know a sense of peace and calm to be able to help people at what is possibly the worst moment and worst time of their lives.
0: yes, definitely, definitely. And um so now that we've had, let's say all these different types of services all these different types of multicultural services, mm-hmm. anything that you uh, would want for that service is all put together. Then if a person decides, okay, now we're going to the gravesite, mm-hmm. what does that entail?
1: Um, the cemetery and the cemetery charges is also always separate from the funeral hall. Yes, of course. Um, So we know we have to, part of our job is to notify the cemetery, Mm -hmm. make sure that the grave is dug, make sure that the, what's called an outer burial container is delivered to the cemetery. Everything has to be on time, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and what the outer burial container is, um, is required by most cemeteries for the casket to go into before the casket is put into the ground, it goes in that, um, And we, after the service, we do a processional onto the cemetery, onto the cemetery, and a short, very short committal service is done there. Mm -hmm. Um, It consists of a prayer, a reading of scripture, and committing the body to the ground. Um,
0: Now tell me, are there any other locations other than a church that a (laughs) funeral session can be held?
1: Yes. Um, We have a beautiful chapel in our facility. It seats a few hundreds, and we have the majority of our services there at the chapel. Also there's graveside service where um, you have the full funeral service at the graveside and then just go right into the committal service and then the person is buried.
0: And I have actually seen in person your beautiful facility and it's absolutely gorgeous. And again, as one more reminder, It's multicultural, so it can really be for any purpose and for every person, which is very important to our organization, Young, Black, and Widow, that everything be multicultural and really accept everyone. Yes. And can you tell me a little bit about the beauty of some of the grave sites that are around Chattanooga?
1: Well, we have Hamilton Memorial Gardens, which is on Highway 153. It is a beautiful piece of land. Um, It's like you want to go in there and have a picnic or something. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's well kept. It's maintained. um, And it's very, very reasonable in cost. Then we have Chattanooga Memorial Park, which is on Memorial Drive over in Red Bank. Mm-hmm. And that has a beautiful fountain, um, plenty of ducks. Actually, it's nicknamed the Duck Pond. <laughs> and that is our cemetery. And once again, it is also a beautiful place. It's very serene and very calm. And you'll, you'll feel safe and feel good putting your loved ones there.
0: Okay, how has COVID affected you as a funeral director and also you personally?
1: Well, when it comes to COVID and funeral directors, for me personally, I still went by the universal, what's called universal precaution, meaning that you treat everybody the same, every single body that comes through there the same. Um, with COVID though, it kind of made us go that extra, extra, extra step because of you know how it was so rapidly um, spread it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we basically just followed our protocols. We protected ourselves. And we wanted, we always want to know um, the family members' um, status, if they were um, diagnosed as well, or if they do have it. Um, we had to go from doing arrangement conferences inside the funeral home to doing a lot of it online
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, through our internal um, computer system, which is kind of like Zoom.
0: Right. Um, It has another
1: name. Um, And also people come into the parking lot to sign papers. Um, So it got uh, got very different there for a minute. Um, December 2020 and January 2021, there was an influx of COVID uh, bodies and it was it was quite almost overwhelming. I can't I can't imagine. Yeah, it was it was very challenging for us there for a minute.
0: Well, I'm so happy that you made it through, and now I hear that, just like me, you've had the opportunity to get your COVID shots.
1: Yes, I had my second shot yesterday, um, and I feel wonderful. A little sore, but that's about it, and I just I just believe in it.
0: I do, too. I'm so happy. I was actually able to just get my first shot. I feel wonderful, and I'm looking forward to getting my second shot, too, to help um, protect ourselves and our loved ones against this terrible virus. I can't imagine how difficult it had to be as a funeral director. So we really appreciate all of your definitely essential work. So on a personal note, Felicia, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I am from the small island in the Caribbean, called Barbados, Mm -hmm. I came here actually to find a mortuary college to attend because there's not one on the island. All the funeral directors went to Canada or England to train and then go back home. Um, And I ended up making Chattanooga my home. I'm married. I have two children. One is 26. That's my daughter. And my son is 22. And he is at um, UTC right now, Chattanooga. Oh, that's wonderful. And... I live in the East Brainerd area, and I really do enjoy Chattanooga. It's my second home.
0: Oh, that's so great. And it's so great to be with someone who understands the, the challenges and the acceptances of, of just, being, just being Black and living in the community together. I feel like you're – I promise when you talk to Felicia – It almost feels like she's this mom that is just so helpful and loving. And I absolutely love that. I actually asked her, I was just like, could I be, could you be a surrogate mom? While uh, since my mom (laughs) can't be in Chattanooga because you're just so amazing and I feel so comfortable talking with you. It's just great.
1: Thank you, thank you so much. And let me just add, it's an honor to serve the Chattanooga and surrounding communities. It's an honor to serve my families.
0: Well, we definitely hope that when our um, young Black widowed uh, people who have lost, you know, just lost their loved ones, that they now know of a wonderful place to go um, when they need the care that you give at your facility. So thank you so much for everything that you have shared with us today. It has been so helpful. I think this is an eye-opening into what how things really work and makes the whole process so much less scary and so much less overwhelming to know that you could be there every step of the way.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
0: Join our community. Through our nonprofit, it's free to call, text, email, or chat with a peer volunteer daily. Just visit our website, youngblackwidow.org.